We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gets it, spins away, baseline shot, Shea puts it in, and walks it off in OKC. Giddy keeps it himself and takes it up as he glides with the finger roll. What is up, Thunder fans? And welcome to the Office Post Game Podcast. I am your host for tonight, Taylor Peterson. Find me on Twitter at Taylor underscore P15. You can find us at the underscore uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, you name it. We're pretty much there. I apologize for my voice. <clears throat> Got battling a little bit of a cold. Um, so not the not the best post game to A to be covering, as we'll get into. And also I'm battling a little bit of a cold. So bear with me here. But appreciate all of you tuning in, even after a game like tonight. As the Thunder, unfortunately, dropped this one to the Phoenix Suns on the second night of back-to-back, 132 to 101. Before I get any further, we are a proud part of the Blue Water Podcast Network and dailythunder.com. You can find us at those places as well. And yeah, like I said, uh, <laughs> not nearly as fun as the game that my guy so got to cover last night. Uh, like I said, appreciate all of you jumping in and uh, in the chat, especially tonight after a, a later game. Uh, be sure to continue to drop those comments, those questions. I'll be sure to address those at the end. I guess we'll just go ahead and break this one down again. Like I mentioned, second half of back-to-back, big game against the Warriors last night in OKC. Uh, the Thunder were incredibly competitive. End up winning that one in a, a really close competitive game. They have to jump on a flight, not to make excuses, but they have to jump on a flight, right? Travel to Phoenix super late last night, get in, uh, you know, and then they they have to play again tonight against Phoenix. Uh, just some pregame notes here, though, outside of that. Uh, so, like I said, second night back-to-back, but no shade due to in- injury management, as we, we know. Uh, I'm sure all of you have seen Justin Termines already all over OKC about that. Uh, just ridiculous. I won't even dive into it. I won't even waste waste time. Um, but yeah, no shade due to the injury management, as Dick Don't you know alluded to here about a week ago when Shea came back that they were going to be man- managing him on second nights of back to backs. Oh, is one of those as well. Some of the stretches during the game that, that he would be playing, um, and then no J Dub either. Is he still excuse me battling that wrist sprain, which is really unfortunate because we saw how unfortunate or how badly the team could have used even just one of them tonight i mean chase a no-brainer but even dub being able to uh, just have another uh on-ball creator like that i think would have really helped this team so both of them were out tonight however 
The Suns were also shorthanded, as Kevin Durant was scratched last minute after slipping in pregame and hurting his ankle. Uh, I don't mean to say that like chuckling or anything. It's just kind of like crazy. Uh, yeah, and like at first I was like, hmm, okay, maybe that's just like a last minute scratch trying to rest KD against a uh, not full Thunder squad. Makes sense. But no, you, you can actually go on <laughs> on Twitter. There's actually video footage of KD and pregame warmups and there was like a slick spot and he like it looked like he rolled it pretty bad so hopefully KD obviously is is good to go uh, nothing long term I think Monty Williams said after the game that they were going to do more imaging tomorrow so hopefully it's nothing serious but it was actually a really bad ankle sprain and just a freak accident during the pregame uh, so because of that there's no Kevin Durant tonight so I thought you know what we played the Suns really well before without Shea obviously J-Dub was playing then but still no Kevin Durant Maybe there's a little bit more of a chance here. Maybe I'll have a little more fun of a game to cover. And fortunately, the first half was a little more fun. Uh, the first quarter happens. Seven quick points for Devin Booker and six for Isaiah Joe. Kind of went toe-to-toe, and I thought, here we go again. Maybe Isaiah Joe is going to have another breakout game against the Suns. He had his career high the last time we played the Suns in Phoenix here a couple weeks back. Without Shea, setting up for it all over again. Uh, but then the Suns get up 28 early, largely led by Devin Booker, which is really the theme of the game. He was just absolutely incredible, going to be stopped. Uh, Usman James was actually the first up for OKC tonight. Again, shorthanded OKC, but thought that was interesting after Us had been playing so well. Um, that was really good to see. However, he was quickly followed by the rest of the Thunder bench, uh, essentially the bench unit for the night. Um, the Thunder started the game two of 16 from the floor. Just pretty pitiful. Again, definitely some second night of a back-to-back legs uh, there. Uh, and on that point, that was largely led, I felt, by I, – I'm not just going to poo-poo on Lou Dort the whole entire postgame, I promise. But I tweeted at one point around this time that Lou's been an offensive disaster, smoking layups, uh, up to two turnovers already. He just needs to slow down a bit. It feels like he's moving way too fast. And what I mean by that is he's getting to the rim at will. He even had like some really nice zero steps in there. Um, and, man, if, if he's finishing those layups, that first quarter, the tone of this game looks completely different. But unfortunately, he wasn't. I mean, I, at, at that point, I think he was like 0 of 5 or something ridiculous. And like I said, it kind of led to that the tone of the game there in the first quarter uh, and, and led to that 2-16 start for the Thunder. That was that was led by Lou with, with no Shea and, and Dub. Jerry Butler gets in, gets some early burn, uh, his first burn with the OKC since being acquired here on a two-way contract uh, last week, I believe, late last week. And he immediately uh, makes his first jumper. And then hits a three, gets five straight points with about four minutes left, which is really cool. Uh, Trey gets his first minutes in two games. He did not play the previous two games. JRE did not play the previous three games. They both got burned tonight. And we'll get into Trey. I really liked what I saw. Also liked what I saw from Butler. Again, he drilled a three, so five straight points for him. I believe it was five straight. Regardless, he had five quick points there when he got in. Booker had 14 points at six of eight shooting in the first nine minutes, which is just insane just incredibly efficient microwave nobody could stop him Lou Dort, nobody it was a it was ridiculous dario comes in his first game back in phoenix since the trade uh, maybe it's his second i guess it's probably his second i can't remember now all these games here at the end are starting to uh <laughs> to blur together regardless dario comes in gets hacked down low no call then you see, Dar- I thought he was doing a celebration. Like I thought he got the and one. I kind of looked down and looked back up. I thought he was doing like some celebration, but no, he was a uh, he was really pissed off. And sure enough, he had gotten hacked. No call. He's actually bleeding. Uh, has a big old spit like 
on his beard. Uh, just craziness. Anyways, gets teed up after yelling at the ref. Goes over, gets cleaned up on the sideline because he had blood, spit, all that fun stuff. And uh, Dignall's over there cussing out the refs too. So that was a pretty fun and, and unique sequence. <laughs> just worth noting. Uh, that kind of fired up the team a little bit. 34-21 after one. Booker had 17 of those 34. Obviously, the Suns were ahead. Uh, and the lineup of Butler, Mann, Waters, Usman, and Dario kind of stabilized things a bit there for OKC. And as we'll see as we get into the second quarter, they go on a bit of a run and really chisel into that lead. Thunder shot 6 for 22, only 27% in the first quarter. So second quarter. JRE starts the second after not playing the previous three games, so he gets some burn. And I'll, I'll get into him here in a second. Did some really positive things. Uh, Bays got in for, for Phoenix. Surprisingly, was his only burn in the entire game, even at the end when it was a blowout. He didn't get back in, I believe, which was really interesting. Lenny drills another three. He's up to nine points, three of five from three. He really caught fire here uh, to begin the second. JRE had two really nice plays. This is what I was alluding to here uh, a little bit ago. Had two really nice plays in his first minutes in a while. He comes in, secures a big rebound over two different Suns defenders uh, before kicking out immediately to Lindy uh, in the corner for three. Lindy drains another three. And then he had another, uh, JRE had another really nice play at the top of the key. Uh, the ball swung to him. And instead of taking the shot, he makes an extra pass to a cutting Usman baseline for a wide open slam dunk. And that kind of led to a timeout from Phoenix and kind of sparked a, a thunder run there. So I thought he came in and he gave some really good minutes after not playing, like I said, the past three games, just something to be monitoring. Uh, but it was great to see him come out confident and contributing man hits a three. Speaking of players who haven't played coming out aggressive and, and contributing. Uh, that was all awesome. Waters hits his fourth three of the half shortly after base. <laughs> Bays tried to uh, imagine this thunder fans Bays tried to drive basically go iso on giddy it was not good he was out of control hesitated way too long giddy was playing good defense and then trey man comes out from behind and, and blocks giddy and that was about the extent of basically tonight <laughs> um giddy drives and cuts the sun's lead to four right after that play uh, with about 626 or so left in the half the fact that thunder caught it too uh, cut, cut the lead to four, especially with Booker playing like he was, was incredibly impressive and shows the poise of this young Thunder team. Shorthanded second half of back-to-back. I was fired up at this point. Season high, 15 points for Lindy Waters on five of seven from three. Then Lindy hits another three. Uh, so Sam Cooper, this is, uh, for those of you long-time uncontested listeners, uh, Sam is a co-host of the Timeline Podcast with Mike uh, the Hill. Uh, they are part of the Blue Wire podcast family. We've we've had them on. We've done cross episodes before. Great guys. But I thought he had a really good point here in the first half. Unfortunately, this would end up kind of being the opposite of what happened in the second half. But uh, Sam said KD being out is obviously huge, but you also really feel the absence of connected pieces, flashers, high post players, etc. He mentioned, you know, obviously Michael, Cam, uh, Sarich against a zone defense like OKC. Good gamble from Dignall in this half in regards to, obviously, that zone defense. And uh, it, it was true that Thunder looked very good there in the second quarter defensively. Unfortunately, it was about the only quarter they looked good defensively. Uh, but that zone defense was working, especially with that second, that bench unit. 31st half points for Booker at one point. Uh, and then, okay, so last play, basically the last play before the end of the half, they called Booker for a shooting foul. Lindy gets the ball in the corner, pull, pulls up for three with like 0.3 seconds remaining on the shot clock. Booker fouls him. They review it to see if it was a flagrant, if Booker was landing uh, in the landing zone of Lindy Waters. In the meantime, they they review to see if the foul occurred before the half. 
they reviewed to see if it was flagrant, and they called a T on Mark Dignall. <laughs> so Dignall's teed up because he's been just chip chirping at the rest all game. It was pretty awesome to see, honestly. Uh, he's pretty fed up with referees, and it's cool to see the side of Mark. I love it. Anyways, Chris Paul hits the technical free throw. Then they declare that Lindy did get fouled, but it wasn't a flagrant. So Lindy knocks down all three of, of his shots before the end of the half. And that leads us to halftime. Sun 60, Thunder 52. Lindy had 21 points. Booker had 30. Just, just two superstars going head-to-head. You know, typical. Uh, Thunder shot only 35.4% from the four overall, but shot 43.5% from three. I found that fascinating because I cannot tell you the last time the Thunder, and maybe it's more frequent than I think, but it seems very unique to me that this Thunder team would have a higher percentage from three than from the four as a whole. That is, I haven't seen very much of that this season. So third quarter, Lindy starts the second half instead of Wiggins. Uh, obviously, makes a lot of sense. And no offense to Wiggins, who played fine, but you got to start start Lindy. And just like that, the Thunder find themselves down 18, <laughs> which is an explosion led by Devin Booker. Devin Booker picks up his fourth foul, so he actually sits. Um, but then the Terrence Ross and Torrey Craig, a bunch of other Suns players, just get it going from outside, completely destroy that zone defense. I just spent a little bit hyping up. And uh, the Thunder find themselves down 18 with 729 still to go in the third and with Booker on the bench in foul trouble, which you obviously have to take advantage of especially without Shea or Jada, and the Thunder just weren't able to do so. Uh, I tweet that someone else is going to have to step up alongside Lindy because nobody else was really, um, at least from a scoring standpoint, and the defense was just absolutely awful. They were struggling to generate offense, and they were playing little defense. Terrible combination. No-brainer. Uh, let's see. After a 22-8 to run, Thunder heard the Suns led by 21. OKC calls a timeout, trailing 87-68 to with about 530 left in the third. Defense was non-existent. Terrence Ross caught fire in the third, had 18 by the time the third was over. Uh, rough third for the Thunder. They were outscored 44 to 28, and the Suns led 104 to 80. Uh, Waters, the third, had 23 points. Obviously, he cooled off. Uh, the Suns did a really good job on him in the second half. And Phoenix shot 16 of 31 from deep, which is wild. Fourth quarter, we'll go through this a little quicker because it just wasn't very fun. Not a lot happened. Uh, I tweeted out that I believe the Silver Curse. This is kind of a fun aside. I tweeted that I believe the Silver Curse, formerly known as the Justin Curse, has now found its newest victim. It is officially the Taylor Curse. <laughs> so again, for those of you longtime listeners, you'll remember a couple seasons ago when it seemed like Justin, every time he covered a game, Thunder got completely blown out. Uh, last season, it was Silva. Poor, poor Silva. It just joined. The, it was one of his first post games. Gosh, I might have been two seasons ago. Maybe Justin was three seasons ago. Regardless, no, it was last season. One of Silva's very first post games was a 71 point historic loss against the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> and, and, and it seemed like it just continued from there, obviously not to that extent. Uh, but Silva's curse has been lifted for those of you who listened to last night's podcast. And uh, it, it, it seems like I'm on a little bit of a losing streak here. However, Jacob called me out and said, bull crap. And he was right. He went ahead and looked into it because there was nothing else really to do during the fourth quarter. <laughs> so if you look at the breakdown for the uncontested uh, co host, post games this season jacob is six and seven with the most uh post game coverages we should add shout out to jacob uh, for for holding us down i'm next at five and six so had a really great start to the season but i am on a losing streak however not nearly as bad as i thought so yeah probably a little uh, a little overreactionary to me uh, on my behalf and then uh okc tracker justin nine and one i mean man talk about a rebound from two seasons ago pretty impressive Silva's three and seven. 
and Nick is two and nine. So maybe the curse is, is now on Nick, but regardless, just kind of a fun aside here um, and an otherwise pretty dull fourth quarter. Ross kept it going, got another quick six points. Things got even worse quickly. Let's see. Thunder lose 132 to 101. <laughs> but just some quick notes here. One, 101 points is the lowest the Thunder have scored since the Pels game, the, again, or the game against the Pelicans on February 13th. And it's tied for their fourth lowest scoring game of the season. Just shows you how they played offensively. Again, a lot of that can be contributed or attributed to the uh, second half of back to back playing without two of your really good players. And that's not even including obviously Kenrich, Poku, etc. cetera. Uh, I'm mainly talking about players who were unexpectedly unavailable tonight. Um, like we just learned about more short-term, I guess is the way to put that in Shay and uh, J-Dub. So let's see, just quickly, I'm going to go through some of these comments before jumping into my big takeaways, uh, because there were some that popped up here while I was going through those breakdowns. Eamon says the silver curse just skipped last night. That's what we'll call it. I like that. I like that. Uh, yeah, not a great record for Silva, but he got a good one last night. So there we go. Eamon said, kind of hard to have only Giddy as the only primary ball handler, forcing guys into uncommon roles. I think that's spot on. Uh, Hotspot Casino says, Sar needs to work on spacing and his footwork. He played really well last year, but this year his game is off. I'm going to be honest, Hotspot Casino, I think that's a fair analysis. We just haven't seen enough of him with the Thunder to really. Uh, but but if, you, if you're talking about blue games, I think that's fair. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah. Eamon says blame silver for this because he jinxed us by mentioning going 500. Every time we get close to the 500 mark, just slowly, uh, slips away, slips away from our fingertips. Investor blades is Dort the news new. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to that one. That's a really good one to talk about at the end. Um, <laughs> investor blade says Terrence Mann had no business going off for 24 or Terrence Ross. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd have to agree. Pretty crazy. I believe that was mostly scored for the for the Suns and maybe the mostly scored all season. Although I'm not completely sure on that one. Anyways, let's go ahead and get into the meat and the potatoes. The big takeaways for tonight's game. And believe it or not, they are not all negatives. I'm going back to my old reliable, the positives and the negatives. Again, keep mentioning the longtime listeners. I don't mean to uh, over and over, but for those of you who have listened before, listen to my post games. We start with the negatives. Always end on the positives. So negatives for tonight. Starters led by Dort and Giddy struggle without shade. And I mentioned Dort and Giddy because, and, and Giddy wasn't terrible. We're going to get into that. But the last post game I did was against the Sacramento Kings. And that was without shade. And Dort and Giddy both really struggled without shade. So it's interesting. We obviously saw Giddy play an incredible, incredible game last night. Um, that contributes to this as well, right? But that's also with Shea. So that's a really good thing. Giddy and Shea can coexist. Um, you know, Dort plays better when he's in a more defined role with Giddy and Shea, et cetera, et cetera. But they do seem to really kind of struggle on their own. And that's okay. These are good learning experiences for these guys. But man, it did not look good at times, uh, it, really for the stars as a whole. Just looking at the starters, 31 points to the benches 70. We'll get into that, the benches 70 soon. They shot a collective nine of 39 from the field, three of 15 from three. And had nine of the 16 turnovers of the, the team 16. That's rough from your starters. Again, Dort really struggled offensively. He couldn't finish any of his drives. There was, they were just completely off. I mean, some of them were bricks. He wasn't even hitting the rim. Uh, the offense just hasn't been there, nor has the decision-making. And Mark mentioned post game the lack of rhythm offensively. And I think Lou kind of leading the charge offensively 
uh, without Shea, without Jada, you know, taking on more of a primary ball handler role alongside Giddy kind of led, you know, set that tone. And that's unfortunate because, you know, it, it, again, it's good for Dort to get these experiences and to grow. But I also hope it doesn't lead to him, you know, just it, starting to develop bad habits. We don't want to see this next year when you have Chet in these lamps as well, for example, uh, everybody's full strength. I think Dort is going to be at his best on this team when he's in a more defined role offensively, uh, catch and shoot threes, uh, driving some and creating for others, uh, compare and then obviously playing solid defense. But on nights like tonight, it makes me just a little concerned. <laughs> uh, but again, hard to blame Lou too much when he's just guarded when he just guards Stephen Clay last night. But he certainly struggled with Booker tonight uh, dramatically. <laughs> it, it was not good. He was not engaged defensively, and I, I don't want to harp on him too much here, especially defensively, because again, I that's a pretty tough assignment. Stephen Clay hopping a plane later that night. You know, don't get into Phoenix until super super late. Wake up the next day, guard Devin Booker. That's tough. Uh, Giddy was aggressive, which was important, but he struggled without Shea or Dub to Gray alongside him. I mentioned that. You know, really, I, I, Giddy overall had a pretty solid stat line outside of his shooting numbers: ten points, seven rebounds, five assists, three of twelve from the floor, which is bad. Uh, but he was one of one from three, three of three from the free throw line, which I like. Uh, all in twenty-two minutes, also had two steals. So again, he was aggressive, but when you have that much more attention on you. When you're Josh Giddy, you don't have another player like Shea taking away uh, some of those defenders or the best defenders in many cases. You know, that's going to lead to a lot more attention on Josh Giddy and therefore more struggles. And he's also coming off the second of a back to back, obviously, uh, and an incredible game that he had. I think those all are, are all contributing factors. So I don't mean to make excuses for these guys, but it's just worth noting, right? And was a theme from tonight's game and I think something worth breaking down. Related to all of this and related to some of those second I have a back-to-back disclaimers, the defense. The Thunder gave up 132 points, which is the fifth most they've given up this year behind only the Knicks, who scored 135, the Bucks, who scored 136 against the Thunder, the Hawks, 137, and the Warriors back in February, 141 points. Um, the Thunder were out-rebounded by, out-rebounded by 13, excuse me, and they allowed the Suns to get 24 points off turnovers. Suns also had 27 fast break points to the Thunder's 15. I mentioned those stats because, again, and Mark even kind of alluded to this post game as well. But when the Thunder control the pace, when they're the ones playing and getting out in transition and getting steals and deflections and getting the points off turnovers, that's when they're at their best. That's when they're winning basketball games. That's what we saw last night against the Golden State Warriors. We did not see that tonight. They had tired legs, they weren't engaged, they were shorthanded. And thus, we saw the Suns control the pace and the tempo of the game. And, you know, they end up winning the game. And so I think that's kind of just another uh, good example of the style of play that the Thunder want to play. Um, and we're seeing it night in and night out typically. But why, that's why, like, a night like tonight sticks out so drastically. is because they didn't play that style of basketball. And it's understandable why. But you're going to have to rebound after today, uh, after tonight with some big games coming up and, and get back to playing that kind of basketball. Obviously getting Shea back will help. Hopefully we'll have dub. We'll see how, how severe that, that wrist injury is now. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as J.J. does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On to the positives. The most obvious one. Lindy Waters the third catches fire. Loved what we saw from him tonight. Uh, I just love that a guy like that comes off the bench. He gets spotty playing time. And, and I've criticized like some of the time that Lindy's gotten over the past couple of weeks. Because there are like spot minutes here or there. Um, I'm wondering why. It just felt like maybe Dayton on the Thunder rewarding him with minutes for, you know, that kind of thing. I'm like, I, I don't really understand this year. Well, tonight I understand it. You give him those minutes in case he starts to catch fire because he's a microwave shooter. And if he catches fire like that, it can completely change the game for your team. And that's what happened tonight. Uh, I just love that Lindy, even in those spot minutes, the inconsistent playing time can come in like he did tonight and just be super confident and aggressive without stepping outside the bounds of the offense. Um, he moved really well off ball which led to some of his open shots. I think that's really important. Something that the best shooters in the league do, obviously. Um, even created his own shot. It wasn't just a three-pointer. Obviously, that's where the majority of his shots came from, but we even saw him create a nice little mid-range shot there in the, the to start the second half. And he's showing us that he has a real shot to stick around. I mean, I'm still not completely sure. Excuse me, but... He's showing us that he he certainly deserves a, a, a fair shot, and he's going to give it his all. And I'm really curious because a player like this, alongside a Shea, a J-Dub, a Giddy, um, can be really, really valuable being able to shoot like that, especially catch-and-shoot threes and spacing the four. Uh, and then he really competes defensively as well. Even if he doesn't have like elite size, he has enough size and strength and 
uh, good enough basketball IQ to be a, a positive factor on that end of the floor. Um, and he remains engaged. So all really, really positive things from Lindy. Excuse me. Goodness. This cold is uh, messing with my voice here a little bit. Uh, Trey man makes the most of his minutes. I, I thought Trey had a really, uh, an, a really good game, really good bounce back game after not getting to play the last two. Let's see, he had, I just lost it there. 14 points, four rebounds, four assists, four of nine from the floor, two of five from three, four or five from the free throw line. It's another, I mentioned that with Giddy getting to the line, knocking down his shots. I love that Trey man uh, was able to get to the line as much, and you know, I say as much as he did, he's able to get to the line and he, made the Suns pay for it. Um, he had a steal, but he played pretty good defensively again, which we've seen off and on throughout this season. But he just seemed more aggressive with his shot. Uh, he hit open catch and shoot shots, which I continue to say is so important for Trey Man because just like when I like I talked about with Lindy, that's how Trey Man's going to make it with his team long-term. Uh, obviously, he has all these other great attributes to his game that make him extremely versatile if he can do the bread and butter and can knock down open catch and shoot threes when he's playing alongside, which will allow him to play along uh, primary ball handlers like dub giddy Shea, combination of those lineups that will get him playing time. And then, you know, when, when defenses adjust, that's when he can do his own thing, create his own shot, create for teammates, which we saw more of tonight as well. We saw him create uh, with some opportunities to be the primary ball handler. So all that to say, I really liked what I saw from Trey and really good to see after he struggled recently. And then, after struggling, uh, had that two-game stretch where he didn't really play, and the game before that, he didn't play very much. Uh, so just great that he kept a positive attitude and came out here just like Lindy and some of these guys that I've talked about and made the most of his opportunity. Uh, just really impressive stuff and hope to continue to see Trey uh, finish the season on a high note and continue to trend up. And then my last one, last positive. Thunder Bench has a historic night. 70 points is a franchise record for the Thunder did not get a lot of publicity. We did not even see Thunder PR tweeted out because obviously it was not a very fun game. However, Thunder Bench really was the highlight of this game. I spent plenty of time on Lindy Waters and Trey Mann. So let's just go ahead and quickly and go through the rest of the, the, the guys that played tonight. Sarge surprisingly did not have a very good game tonight, um, but he only played five minutes. So I'm not sure if he's injured now. That's something to keep an eye on after he got cut there. Hopefully it's nothing serious. Um, maybe it was just an opportunity to get eyes on JRE and Usman Jang get them some more minutes. But regardless, um, a little concerning. We didn't see very much of Sarge. Olivier Sar came in. Um, he did some good things, two or three from the floor. Uh, I think it was, I mentioned him earlier, Casino something, uh, Hotspot Casino mentioned Sar. Yeah, he didn't look necessarily like he didn't stand out, but in the playing time he got, he contributed. Um, but the guy's really worth mentioning Usman Jang, 12 points. Seven rebounds, two assists, five of 13 from the floor, two of six from three, not efficient. And I understand some of that was garbage time at the end. But even in the minutes that he was playing, A, I thought he contributed really well defensively and off ball uh, and creating for others, uh, being a connector, kind of that Poku nectar that we've talked about earlier in the season for that second unit uh, in that first half when he went on that run. And two, in the second half, he was really aggressive with shot, even though it wasn't falling. We've seen it fall for him in the past, uh, some with the Thunder mainly with the blue, but the fact that he's feeling more and more comfortable, showing more and more aggression, the willingness to do so. Uh, I don't mean to be like hypocritical and say, you know, Lou Dwarf's jacking up shots, super aggressive, and Usman needs to be more aggressive. And he, you know, Lou needs to be less aggressive. Uh, Us needs to be more. 
but there's a balance there, right? And there's they're obviously in different stages of development. So to see Usman make the most of those minutes and, and to seem to get more and more comfortable and confident within his role is, is really promising. And I hope to see that kind of expand as we go throughout the rest of the season, especially if we see chasing out back-to-backs. And, uh, you know, I think there's more opportunity for Usman to expand his game and get a little more opportunity offensively. So I'm curious to see how that looks. But uh, to last night, tonight, uh, two positive indicators, I think, moving forward for Usman. Obviously talked about Lindy Waters. Let's just talk a little bit about Jerry Butler. Gets his first minutes with, with the Thunder. Uh, only plays 15 tonight. I say only. Uh, only because a lot of those came in garbage time. But he looked good. He's small. But he competes defensively. He looked a little lost at times. Some of that could have been the zone. He's probably not used to playing a zone. Uh, probably hasn't played that in a long time since his, his days back in Baylor. But uh, obviously a score. It was good to see him. Again, just another guy aggressive, willing to look for his shot. Curious how he'll play alongside other guys if he can create, especially at his size. He's going to have to be able, and on this team, he's going to have to be able to play within the offense and create for other teammates. But another offensive weapon, I'm kind of curious to watch him uh, the rest of the season as well and just see, again, if that aggression translates and if he can have any big scoring games for us. And then the last person I obviously I talked about was Trey Mann who again, played really well. It was great to see him kind of have a bounce back game. So those are my positives. I know it wasn't the most exciting game to break down, not the most exciting themes, but there were some things as always to break down. So as always, I appreciate all of you for jumping in the chat. Let's go ahead and get through some of these chat questions, comments, then we'll go ahead and get out. Or we'll, we'll look ahead to what's coming up. Then we'll get out of here. Uh, Amos said ref, ref Guwap was tired of Mark. Yeah, that was hilarious. They, uh, they had some major back and forths. Some videos of Mark cussing. You got to love it. Let's see. Um, Eamon also mentioned, call me a loose, loose Dan, because I am. But I don't think we see loose true long-term fit with this team until we see Chet. Chet likely gets some ball handling duties, shots, and can clear up the lane to help Lou. I think that's a really good point, Eamon. And I also think, like I said, it just further defines Lou's role. So there will be less opportunities where he's having to create his own shot or drive to the rim and more opportunities for him to be able to space the floor. Um, you know, just I think it'll be a more comfortable role for him. and It'll lead to a better fit overall. I think that's a really good point. Um, Investor Blaze says, J-Dub will take Dort's starting gig if OKC lucks into a top five pick next draft. That's also fair. Like who do the Thunder end up drafting? Do they end up trading for somebody and consolidating some of those picks and assets to trade for somebody already in the league or just moving up in the draft in general? All very good points. Let's see. Sorry, I'm scrolling through these. A lot of good comments. Uh, see if there's any should mention here. David mentioned, I think guys on the back end of the roster are more likely to go than a four. Oh, well, I'm still going back and forth about Lou. Uh, Trump, he said, did you see KD slip? Yes, it was not good. There's actually a screenshot. Some of the Suns fans were tweeting out. I mean, it is full on like 90 degree angle. It's uh, it's a little scary. So like I said, do not want to see a player like Kem Durant, you know, get injured again. This time, something completely unrelated to his other injuries in the past. And on something so crazy and random, like a, a pregame <laughs> <laughs> a, a pregame um, shoot around. So hopefully he's okay and it's nothing serious. But yeah, it was, it was not good. Eamon also mentioned that the Clippers are winning tonight. So yeah, that, yeah, 
not great either. Um, although I believe that would, are they playing the Lakers? I can't remember if they are. I'll check really quick. I might be making that up. No, they're playing the Raptors. Okay, so never mind. Doesn't really affect. Yeah, we we uh, we want the Clippers to to lose that one, and they're not going to. So, not the best night for OKC. But looking ahead, Thunder are now in sole possession of the eleventh spot in the West. Speaking of the Clippers uh, and the West in general, and they're only a half game behind the Pelicans uh, and the Lakers, who are tied at the ninth spot, and they're only a half game up on the Blazers, who just lost tonight. So therefore. The games this weekend are huge. Thunder play another back-to-back, which is brutal. They have another back-to-back uh, beginning Saturday in New Orleans. So they have a couple days off before that, which is really nice. I'm sure we'll see Shea in New Orleans for playing the Spurs in San Antonio on Sunday. Thunder need to get both of those wins if they're going to make this play in. So it's going to be really interesting to see who plays for OKC, what those lineups look like, how they play. Obviously, that one in New Orleans is going to be tough, and another back-to-back is tough as well. But regardless of what happens, regardless of the outcomes, the uncontested might be covered for it all, whether we're hosting a playing party or making plans for the lottery lottery night. Uh, we'll be there for it. We're already talking about it in our Slack, starting to just scheme for either of the scenarios. And uh, look, it's it's a little frustrating at times like tonight, but either way, the Thunder in really good shape. So thank you all again for tuning in, especially on a late game. I apologize again for my voice and some of the sniffles uh, tonight. Hope everyone has a good evening, good rest of the week, and until Saturday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.